Well, we want to welcome everyone to Murrayville Baptist Church. We appreciate all of you being here. If you're glad to be in the house of God this morning, say amen. 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 Good to see all of you. Let's all stand. We want to start this service off in prayer and ask God's blessings upon the service. How we appreciate every person that's here, especially Jesus. Amen. I appreciate him being among us already. Well, we started out we started out wide open with a morning devotion right before guess what? Sunday school. We have Sunday school here at Merville Baptist Church, nine forty five for all that's interested. So anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Clay Haynes is gonna come and open us in prayer. Lord, as we come to you this morning, we just want to say thank you for the blessings that you give us, Lord. We're so undeserving of all that you do for us, but yet you continue to give. Lord, just want to ask your blessing on this service today. I want to ask you to be with the preacher or give him the words that we need to hear this morning. Lord, so grateful for this upcoming week. So grateful for next week, Easter, and the true meaning of Easter. Lord, just so blessed. Can't, can't uh, put into words how blessed we are as, as a church. We are as people. We are to be saved. Lord, ask that you be with us. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing, page 359.
requires the Savior. Page 22a.
Let's all stand again, page 406.
good to see all of you this morning. We appreciate all of our people being here and our visitors. Thank you all for being a part of the services here at Merville Baptist Church. Pray that you'll get a blessing from Jesus while you're here. Uh, as far as announcements go, let me make mention that uh, we got a lot going on in the next few days, so listen closely. Tonight, uh, for night service, Deborah Perry and Jaden's call are going to be in with us at 5 o'clock, so you be sure to be back praying for that meeting that God would move in a special way. No telling what God will do tonight, so you come expecting the Lord to move. On April the 16th, which is next Saturday, uh, we're having an Easter egg cookout at 11 a.m. Now listen to that time, 11 a.m. We've only got that park for two hours at the Murrayville Park. Only got it for two hours, so please be there at 11. Don't come at 1 o'clock expecting to eat or hunt Easter eggs. Won't be nobody there that you know. Amen. So you be sure to be there at 11 a.m. I know how Baptists are. Amen. I've pastored them for quite a few years. I know you. Then uh, this coming Sunday is Easter, and what we typically do, and we're going to be doing it the same way this year, we'll be having Easter sunrise at 7 o'clock. Uh, Lord willing, Brother Derek Knight will be in with us preaching the sunrise service. So you be here at 7 the sun will be just breaking forth, and we'll be gathering together and see what the Lord will do for us in sunrise service. And then right after that service, we'll go to the fellowship hall, and the church is furnishing biscuits of all sorts and flavors. So you be sure to come if you like to eat. Be with us this coming Sunday, and we'll have a, a fellowship over there in the fellowship hall with biscuits, and then after that, we'll meet for Sunday school at 9.45, morning service 10.45, and no evening service. So remember all of this going on. Uh, there's a note in our bulletin that we are needing volunteers for our upcoming vacation Bible school, and some may say, well, that's a long ways off, but it takes a lot of preparation getting ready for all of VBS. So if you're willing to volunteer your time and your efforts, please be sure to... Is there a sign-up sheet, Brother Mike? Thank God. we got a sign-up sheet in the hallway. You be sure to put your John Henry on there, and, and, uh, and I'm sure Brother Mike will be thankful for it. Also, May the 22nd, we'll be having uh, Brother Bud Stiltner in with us all that day. And if you've never heard Brother Bud preach, you need to make plans to be here with us. Brother Bud is such a blessing. He's a studied man, and I always appreciate his preaching. So you be praying for that. Amen.
you enjoyed that, give her a hand clap. I'm glad to know that Jesus is all I need in this life. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and be turning to two places that we want to go to. Matthew chapter 16 and Acts chapter number 2. Matthew chapter 16 and Acts chapter number 2. And when you find those two places, if you are able, uh, you, can, you can stand to honor the reading of God's Word. I got a little thought on my heart this morning. I, I preached this thought uh, this past Sunday night. We were out preaching... Uh, the beginning of a revival for Brother David Nix and preached along these lines and and the Lord has stirred my heart to preach on it this morning to us. I'm thankful to be a part of what God is doing here at Merville and to Him goes all the glory and the praise and the honor. Uh, he's, he's been mighty good to us here at Merville. Can I get a witness right there? I mean mighty, mighty, mighty good has God been to us. And you look around and you think about all of those that God has placed with us together here. He's assembled quite a unique group of people. And He's done it for a purpose. He's done it for a reason. And He's done it His way. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that the Lord is still the Lord. So many churches today, they don't want God near it. They've already had their business meeting, got it all planned out, and they could care less what God thinks about it. They got everything planned out, mapped out. If you don't believe them, you can look in their their little bulletin and it'll tell you when to stand, when to sit down, what to say, what to sing, when to exit the doors. But thank God to be a part of a church that still desires the Lord to come and meet with us. And I've, I've often said this, the missing element in most churches today is God. They need Jesus in that church. Amen. They need Him. Without Him, we can do, and last time I checked, it still means the same thing. We can do nothing. Nothing. You can't even draw a breath of air without Him. Ah, Jesus just gave me that breath of air. Amen. Matthew chapter number 16, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Then we'll flip over into Acts chapter number 2. And want to just preach on this thought, uh, the church. Or I could refine that title and just call it the early church. Or I could say the latter church. So I'm just saying the church. Woo! Amen. We'll just... Find a happy place in the middle. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. The Word of God reads like this. It said, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that they are John the Baptist. Some Elias and others Jeremiah. So one of the, you see a lot of people knew about Jesus and they had their own thoughts about Him. But your thoughts about him is not what matters. Who he is in truth is what matters. There's a lot of people that know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. 
There's a lot of people that think they're saved, but they're not saved. They know about a Jesus that they formed in their own imagination, but they know nothing about the Jesus of this book. And they say, some say that they're John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah. There's going to be a lot of people dying, bust hell wide open that thought they were saved. It's not a think-so salvation, it's a no-so. I don't know why God's got me hung up right there this morning, but it is a no-so. I know whom I have believed. Amen. I know Jesus saved my soul. Amen. He said, and they say, some say that they're John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. <laughs> oh, I love Peter. I love this man by the name of Simon Peter. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And thank God for this final thought. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're still in it today because of what Jesus said about it. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter number 2. The Bible reads like this. I'm going to skip around a little bit in this chapter. It's a lengthy chapter, but we want to get the, the, the thought for the message this morning. In verse number one, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse number 14. But Peter standing up, like we're doing this morning, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. Verse number 37. Now when they heard this, a man preached, they heard what was preached. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart pricked in their heart. Sounds like gods are working. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. A lot going on in that early church. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple 
and breaking bread from house to house to eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our Father, we love you this morning and thank you so much for your love wherewith you've loved us. God so loved. Lord, thank you that I got in on that love. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. And even before I loved you, you loved me. And thank you, Lord, for loving on this church the way you have down through the years. And Father, for a little while, gather us together in Jesus' name. Do a work in, among us, Lord, that when we leave this place, we'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has met with Merville Baptist Church. God move and have your will accomplished as it is in heaven. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and all of God's people said, you can be seated this morning. We went into Matthew chapter 16 and we read over there. And by the way, Matthew chapter 16, what you read there where Jesus is questioning them who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That was only about six months before Calvary. For the first time, this is the very first time that the word church is used in the Word of God. And for the very first time, the disciples are hearing that Jesus is going to build His church. Can you imagine what it would be to be following Jesus for about three years at this time? watching him do miracles, watching him do all the things, teaching all that he taught. And then out of nowhere, Jesus turns to those men and they ask him this question, well, who do men say that I am? And they, they reply to him. They say, well, some say this, some say that. But he then looks at him, but who do you? You see, the Lord's got a way of getting real personal with people. He got, a, he got a way of getting real pointed and personal with every person. He does not leave anybody out. If I've read my Bible right, it is a whosoever gospel. And he looks at them and he says, but who do you say that I am? Well, Simon Peter speaks up being the spokesman, the leader, the numero uno of the disciples. And he says that the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Blessed are you, Simon Peter. You've got a revelation from heaven. No man can teach that but the Father which is in heaven. And you know who I am. And then he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, upon this rock, what you've just said, that's what I'm going to build my church on. Can you imagine how the disciples might have questioned in their minds, church, what is this weird thing called church? They'd never heard the word before. I mean, they knew what a synagogue was. They met in the synagogue. They knew all about the rituals and all the, the keeping of the law. And they knew everything about the synagogue. But they did not know what this mysterious thing was called the church. We flipped over to Acts chapter 2 and 
we actually read the birth of the church is what we read in Acts chapter 2. It was the day of Pentecost. Pentecost had fully come. From the Passover feast unto Pentecost, they were to number 50 days. They were to number seven Sabbaths, which is always on a Jewish Saturday. They were to number seven Sabbaths and add one day, which would always make the day of Pentecost on a Sunday. And they were to hold the feast of Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish feast and still is today. And it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all assembled together. All these Jews had gathered themselves together. And the Bible goes on to tell all the technicalities that happened during the birth of the church. And this entity that Jesus had told his disciples about became a reality. Can you imagine what it was to be a part of that early church? Can you imagine yourself being there this day of Pentecost? And I mean hearing Simon Peter stand up, the one who had, the one who had said that, the Christ, the Son of the living God, then denied Jesus three times. This Simon Peter stood up with the boldness of God down in his soul. And he said, you men of Galilee, I got something I need to say to you. And he said, gather around, I got some preaching to do. And he preached. And the Bible tells us that when they were pricked in their hearts, they questioned what should we do and Simon Peter told him. Then we read in the closing chapter of chapter 2 things that made up things that were a part of this early church. What a time, what a wonderful thing it must have been to be a part of that early church. Can you imagine being there that day and, and all the goings on? Three thousand people getting saved at one time and added to the church of Jesus Christ. He's building. The church is growing. The church is being manifest. The church has become a reality. What Jesus claimed he was dying for is now a reality. And here they were a part of that early church. Well, here we are some 2,000 plus years down the road and we're still in the church. I, I just am of the persuasion that it is still exciting to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. No matter whether it's day in the day of Pentecost or in this latter days that we live, I believe it's exciting to be a part of what God is doing. There's a lot of people who live in this world that have no idea of what's going on in this world. They have absolutely no clue as to what's happening. Thank God, thank God, thank God we still have a book called the Bible that is the truth. It is the truth, the truth, the authority. 
It is the only thing that we need to tell us the truth. Matter of fact, there's nowhere else we can go to get the truth outside of God's holy word. Thank God for this blessed old book called the Bible. Can I get a witness? It's still exciting to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. When you read through the book of Acts, you're reading the history of the birth in the early church. You're reading what God did among them and with them. You're reading all the things that they encountered. They, I, I was studying, I sat down yesterday and I, I made up my mind. I said, I'm going to read every verse recorded in the Word of God concerning the church. And I, I researched it, I printed it out and made myself some notes and I went through every verse that, that mentioned the church and all through the book of Acts and all that they did. And there was something that just kept standing out about this early church. There was one word that kept describing the things that the ch early church uh, uh, experienced and it, the word great. They had great power, great grace, great fear, great company. Great wonders, great miracles, great persecution, great joy, great authority, great number, a great multitude, a great light, and great reasoning. And then it mentioned the great and notable day of the Lord that will end the church age. And it was a great church in the early days. We're going to preach about that in just a minute. It was a great church when the, at the formation of it and the things that they were doing and experiencing at the, at the moving of God among them. But I just believe that it can still be just as exciting today to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ as it was back then. Thank God for the beginning, but thank God for the ending. And we are a part of it. And I'm thankful to be a part of Jesus Christ, church of the living God. We're called, we're not some slipshod outfit. It's called the church. It's called the pillar and the ground of the truth. It's called the body of Christ. Uh, yeah, we're called, we're called the, 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 the followers of Christ. We're called Christians. Uh, and it is exciting to be a part of the church. I want us to look at this early church and look at some things that were going on inside this early church. And I want to say, number one, they were a preaching church. Simon Peter got up and began preaching. He preached and he just opened his mouth and let God fill it. And he preached what thus saith the Lord. He went through the history of Israel and he brought them to a point in their, in their lives where they began asking men and brethren, what shall we do? They were pricked in their hearts. Can I say this, that preaching ought to move your heart. It ought to do something on the inside of you. Preaching is more than just tickling an ear and making you get a goosebump uh, and feel good about yourself. Uh, pre preaching uh, is God's ordained way uh, of getting to the heart of man. Uh, the preaching of the Word of God will still inflame. It'll excite. Uh, it'll inform. Uh, it'll move you. Uh, it'll do something for you uh, if you come in here to get the preaching of the Word of God. 
Too many churches, they don't want preaching no more. Just give us something smooth. Just tickle us so we can laugh and have a good time and go out the doors the same way we came in. Or worse than they came in. Preaching is designed by God. God chose the foolishness, not foolish preaching, but the foolishness of preaching. You see, the world calls what we do in here foolishness. But look at you. Here you are sitting here. You know what? I, I figured out why we lay out a church the way we do. We got all the pews facing one way to get all of you looking one way. And you get looking up here and what you're doing is looking at the center of the church, which is a pulpit, which is a place where men are supposed to preach and pull people out of the pit. I'm glad I sat up under a preacher one day that would rear back and preach hell hot and heaven sweet. And he would preach what thus saith the Lord. He didn't matter if it hair lipped the devil. He just got up and he preached and he preached it well. And I heard it and thank God I got saved up under the preaching of the Word of God. Preaching still works today. It was a preaching church. (laughs) Thank God for preaching. Can I get a witness right there? 2 Timothy 4 verse 1 through 4 says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn their ears away from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's why so many preachers are using Mickey Mouse comic book Bibles. Because all they want is just a little fable preached to them. They want something preached to them where, where the end says, and they all lived happily ever after. That's not reality. That's not the truth. There's a heaven, there's a hell. And people who die without Jesus Christ die and go to a place called hell. The only way to be saved, there's not many ways, there's only one way. And His name is Jesus Christ. And it's through the shed blood that He shed at Calvary. He he died for our sins. He was buried, but thank God, He got up out of the grave. And we're still preaching the same thing that Peter, James, and John, and Paul preached. And thank God, the message has never changed. Old times may change, but that book never changes. The times may change, but this message will never change. Preaching still works. It still works in the latter church. We read all through the Word of God. Said when you when you get up before the people of God, you feed my sheep. He pulled Peter off to the side one day. He said, Simon, he said, there's something I need to know from you. I need to hear it from your lips. Do you love me? And Simon, I'd be honest with you. If I answered, if my wife came to me and asked me that question, and I answered the Lord, I answered my wife the way Simon Peter answered the Lord, she may have to go a little further with it than that. He said, Simon, I need to know something. You love me more than these. And he said, Lord, you know I love you. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> he said, Peter, no, you don't, you're not getting it. Do you love me? Peter, 
said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. How would you, how, you men sitting in here, if you answered your wife like that when she was needing to know, honey, do you love me? I've got to hear it from you. You know I love you. I told you when we got married, I love you. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> and he asked him the third time, and it, it grieved Peter at his heart that he had to ask him the third time. He said, he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. He said, I want you to do something then. Feed my sheep. You know what the proof of a preacher's life is? If he really loves Jesus, is he feeding the sheep? This book is full of ba-ba-ba-ba sheep food. From kiver to kiver. It's got nothing but sheep food in it. And wherever you open it, there's something for God's people in this book. And what we've done is we've gotten, we've gotten away from the book and gotten on the internet and come up with jokes and fairy tales and everything else to tell the people of God. We better get back to this old blessed book and preaching the Word of God because it still works today. You know what you ought to pray? You ought to pray that God had filled this preacher up with the Holy Ghost. God, fill him up with the Holy Ghost, and when he gets up, turn him loose, preacher. Oh, God, turn our preacher loose and let him preach. Let him preach in the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Lord, don't let him hold back. Don't let him give up. Don't let him tire out. Don't let him get discouraged. God, pour it on him. Pour it on him, Lord. And I'll get behind him. I'll say amen. I'll say praise the Lord. I'll raise my hands. I'll get in the meeting also. God, pour it on my preacher what we should do. If I was looking for a church, I'd want to know, first of all, what you believe about that book. You tell me what you believe about that first, and then we go a little bit further. Today they want to know what you got for my kids, what you got for this, what you got for that, what, what about this, what about that. That book, that book. Preaching still works in the latter-day church, I want to say not only were they preacher, preaching church, they were a praying church. Well, they prayed. They prayed about everything there was to pray about. You go through the book of Acts and read about the prayers. It said that one time they prayed and the whole place they were in started shaking. They prayed so hard and fervently before God. How would you like to be in a prayer meeting like that? Oh, where God just fell so intently and so, and, and so immersed the crowd that the whole place, if you thought you was in an earthquake, but it was a God quake, God showed up. I mean, hey, we, we need to quit these Mickey Mouse prayers and get real with God and begin praying like we ought to pray and pray, God, please, oh God, we're not going to be church without you. We need you to move. We need you to move in the lost. We need you to move in the saved. God, we need you to move. God, you'll be there. Just move, just move, just move among us. They were a praying church. We got this building's right at 50 foot wide. And we got 50 foot of prayer altars. 
stained with the tears of God's people. Down through the years since we built this, this auditorium, you can look, I'm standing up here and there's marks. They, they come and they clean every week and they've tried to clean all, but you look across here, you ought to stand up here and look down. All the way across this 50 foot span of prayer altars, there's stains and there's places where God's people and where the lost have bowed and called on Jesus and said, Jesus, save me. All the way from one end to the other is stained with tears of God's people. And if we ever get away from that, we own shaky ground. If we ever get away from the praying of, at the altars of God, this church has ceased to be a church. Uh, I'm telling you, we need to pray like we've never prayed before. They were a praying church. We've prayed in in the good times, we prayed in the bad times. We prayed when we were hot and we prayed when we were cold. We prayed when everything was going right and when everything was going wrong. We prayed when we thought we were not going to see another sunrise. And here we are, the church of the living God. Why? Because there's a God in heaven who still hears and answers there's a God in heaven who still hears and answers prayer. Thank God He still hears and He still answers. He's not grown deaf. His ears not closed up. He don't have wax in His ears. And thank God He don't use AT&T. He uses a Holy Ghost hotline. And thank God when you bow, there's a God on the other end who's listening without static, without interference, without a drop call. He's listening to every prayer that we've ever prayed. Thank God. Thank God he listens. Thank God. They were a praying church. We've seen the unusual things of God done because God's people prayed. Sometimes we've had great faith and we've prayed. Sometimes we've wondered, is God really listening but we've prayed. There's two things throughout my ministry I pray that I've instilled in God's people. Is number one is that book is still God's book. Right there, we got some old timers in this church. And they all seen the church come a long way. Seen the church go a long way down through the years. But it's that, it's that book. It's that book. And the second thing I want to say I hope I've instilled in God's people is that God still answers prayers. There's been times I felt like throwing my hands up. There's been times where I felt like I could not go on. There's been times where I was overwhelmed with everything from every side in the family, in the, in the personal life, you know, all around church life, everything going on. And I, I was confused and I was, I was bent in every way. But I still prayed. And it wasn't my prayers, but it was a God who answers prayer. It was, there was a God who answered. There was a God who answered. And there was a God who listened and came through. It might not have been on my time, but it was on God's time. And it was the right time every time that God shows up in His time. Amen. It's always right. Yeah, they were preaching church. They were a praying church. I want to say thirdly, 
Not only that, but they were a personal church. It says, and they that gladly received his word. I've told this story before. I was out one time. I can't remember where it was. It was in a Walmart. That was back whenever Walmart was about the hottest thing and only thing that you had was going through. They actually had checkout people. No, I hate self-checkout. Especially if I've got a wad of bananas and fruit and I don't know the code too. I hate going through a self. I, well, anyway, back to where we was at. That was back when they had checkout clerks. And I was going through and I handed the person a tract and I said, I'd like to invite you to church. She took it and she read it a minute. She said, well, thank you so much. I was looking for a church where I could go and be comfortable in. I reached over the counter and took it back. I said, don't come to Merle. Uh-uh. If you're looking for a place to come get comfortable, don't, 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 don't. Don't go to God's church. Don't go to church where God's, because I tell you what, you'd be sitting there and you think, oh, I, oh, yeah. Go ahead, preach, baby. Oh, God, get to moving around there. You get to squirming. You get, your microphone falls apart. I can't even find it. You get squirming and God get to moving. You can't just sit there and be comfortable when God's around. When God's around, God's up to something. God didn't come to get comfortable. God just gave you that. Woo! What a revelation from heaven. God didn't come to get in the corner of the queue and get all situated and smile. No, God came to do business. Because He knows, He knows that we need healing. He knows that we need more than just being comfortable. It was a personal church. I like it being personal. God got real personal with me about a lot of things down through my life. He got real personal with me about preaching. I want to Y'all do understand that, don't you? I was a heathen of heathens. I was way out there in sin. I didn't even own a Bible. I didn't like church. I didn't like preachers. I didn't like nothing about God. But God loved me. And he came looking for me. And he found me. And he brought me into the fold. And the first thing I had to do was go buy me a Bible. I've told that story, a little zipper-up Bible. I thought that was the coolest thing. Got it from Pick and Save. I thought, ooh, this is cool. I'm the neatest kid in the block. Look at this. i got a zipper on my Bible. He got real personal with me about preaching. I was sitting on the church pew. Preacher's wife asked Debbie one night, said, Miss Debbie, what you going to do when God calls Brother John to preach? She said, oh, he won't never do that. <laughs> Little did she know what God was doing way down in here. God getting messing around way down in here in a person's heart. They ain't no telling what God might do with them. They ain't no telling what God might do with you. What God might do with your life when God gets to mulling around in a person's heart 
There might be some of y'all standing up here with a suit on and a tie and saying, open your Bibles. Yeah. It was a personal church. But then in closing, this is where I wanted to go. It was a partnership church. If we're going to be like that early church, these latter times, we got to realize we in this together. That choir get up here and sing, that's your choir. That ain't the choir. That's your choir. They sing it. They need to hear somebody say amen. Yeah, yeah. Brother Terry needs a compliment every once in a while. That's your choir leader. <laughs> yeah. And I got to think about how many preachers we got in this church. Would y'all stand up, the preachers? Men preachers what I'm talking about. I asked that one time and my so had a woman stand up in the congregation. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to, in, uh, have all the preachers stand and tell them who they were and their names. I said, will all the preachers stand up and have that woman? I said, y'all sit down. <laughs> what do you do? What do you, uh, hey, preachers, come here just a minute. Stand up across here. Y'all, y'all come on. I, w- I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Come here, preachers. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. God gave me this, this revelation. Y'all, y'all get it. He don't bite, I promise. Look at this, look at this old gentleman coming, this preacher, a man of the cloth, a man of God come walking across here. Preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know who who this is? These are y'all's preachers, your preachers. God sent these preachers to y'all to pray for, to build up, to encourage, to say, God, get on them. God, make a man of God out of them. God, fill them up with a heart. These are your preachers, Merville Baptist Church. These are your men. These are the, these are the men God sent y'all to do something with. Not discouraged, not disheartened, not pick apart, but your preachers that God sent to preach the Word of God. And He wants you to support them and be behind them and make preachers out of them. Y'all worked on me. Whoo! (laughs) That's why I don't got no hair. I want y'all to make him bald-headed and gray-headed. I don't like his hair. <laughs> and you you die yours. <laughs> you pray for these men. This one goes to the jail. This one teaches Sunday school. These men need your prayers. We need more preachers out there in this world. They were preaching it by the river. They were preaching it in the houses. They were preaching it in the synagogue. It did not matter. It did not matter where they went. They were preaching the word of God. We need more men that will stand up. This, this, this preacher right here walked in this morning for Sunday school with a cane. He said, we'd like to go to church wherever we're at. Where are y'all from? 
Birdwell, Arkansas. Arkansas. Visiting. Here comes this man of God coming to God's house. I want to meet with the Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, church, we got to get back to this truth that we're all in this together. There's no big eyes, little use. There's just a big God that we want to see manifest Himself and move and meet with all of us. How we need God. How we need God to manifest Himself while we're here. I want you to take your Bibles. Y'all be seated. Y'all be seated. I know us. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Turn to Psalms 85. Psalms 85. I want you to look at something in closing with me. Psalms 85. I want to give you the story behind Psalm 85. How many of you at the top of your Psalms, you have a little saying, a little introduction as to what that Psalm is about? How many of you got something like that over you? This says, a prayer of the returned exiles. That's what this Psalm is. It's a prayer. And let me, let me just give you a little history the Jewish people had gone into captivity. Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar and all them, remember Nebuchadnezzar came in and captured and totally destroyed Jerusalem and took captive Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They were the captives that went in there, several others, and they went captive into Babylon. While they were there, they tried to change their names, tried to change their... You do realize Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego was not their names. That's what, that's what the Babylonians called them. And, and, and they tried to change their name, tried to change the way they ate, the way they dressed, the way they looked, the way they talked, the way they thought. They tried to change everything about them while they were in captivity. But then there was a king who arose and God had mercy on them and let them go back to Jerusalem. And what we're reading is when those, when those returnees were making their way back to Jerusalem, I can see it as going home and they're making their way back to Jerusalem. Can I say this? We've all been in captivity. We've all, we've all been held in sin's way. But now we're headed home. Woo! <laughs> if you're saved, you're headed home. Woo! Woo! Don't get happy about it. What's he talking about? Home? We headed to heaven. I needed Darlene to do that. Amen. That helps me out. Puts a fire under me. And they're headed home. And somewhere along the way, one of them old Jews drops on their knees and begins praying. And this is what they pray. They say, Lord... Thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Can we read it like this? Lord, you've been mighty good, favorable unto Merville Baptist Church. <laughs> Thou hast brought back the captivity of Merville Baptist. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of all of us. Thou hast covered all their sin. 
Then that little word Selah may just stop and think about that. That has taken away all the wrath and has turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Verse number six. Will thou not revive us? Us. He wasn't just worried about himself, whoever it was praying this prayer. He wasn't just worried about himself. God, help me. God, be with me. God, touch me. God, let me make it up back all the way. No, he wasn't praying like that. He looked around and everybody else was in the same boat he was in. He said, God, revive us. Lord, rekindle that fire in all of us. Lord, revive me. Yes, 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 revive me. But Lord, not just me. Revive him, 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 her, her. Revive every one of us. God, light a fire in every one of us and bring us back to that place where we need to be. God, revive us, us, us. It's us that we need to be concerned about. We all need revival. We hear about a little touch of revival here and there flowing through churches. Sis, you come on to the piano. We hear about revival flowing through some churches. I just told you about a, a revival that I was asked to go to. Brother Tommy shot me a text. Won't know if I remember Zach Buffington. It's happened at his church. Oh, Zach Buffington can't talk. Wheels around in a wheelchair. That's his mobility, can't walk. Got up and preached to us and couldn't, couldn't talk, but yet he preached to us. And I'd see him throw that little hand down like that and he'd be preaching. He'd be signing to his mama and his mama interpreting for us what he was trying to say. He'd do that little hand like that. I said, boy, he's on. He's full of God. Happened at his church. There was a group of young people. God got to saving young people. God still saves old, young, in-betweens. He's still interested in saving people. Whosoever is his viewpoint. God so loved the world is the way he looks at it. Started saving people and I forget how many people they have all together. Eight, nine, ten, something like that got saved. Saved all they do would get that that bunch of young people, Brother Terry, get in the corner and just start singing. That's how that was their service. They would get in that corner and just start singing. I'm talking about the old songs. They wasn't singing it. They wasn't singing all that junk. They were singing Jesus songs. And they got to singing and singing them songs and Boy, God would get to moving and people would start falling down at the altar calling on God, asking God to save them. You know what we need? We need God to convict some people that they're not right with God and they need to get right with God again. We need old time conviction back in our pews today to show people that they're lost and on their way to hell without Jesus. We need that back in the churches. Old timers used to talk about that old time conviction. Lord, send the power just now. Lord, send the power just now. Lord, send the power just now. 
and baptize every one. Boy, they'd sing that and they'd mean it. God, without your power, this ain't going to be a service. It's just as exciting to be a part of the latter-day church as it was the early church. We've got our eyes on so many things other than being the church. Boy, I walked in that day in that little Southern Baptist church. I'd never seen anything like it. I was accustomed to the way the Methodists did it. I went in that little church that day and I sat through a service and I thought, well, I'll go back tonight. Went back that night. The day was November the 21st, 1982. Went back that night. Got saved. <laughs> Never seen anything like it until then. Never seen anything like it since then. It's the only place where you can go and find God. God find you. I love the church, don't you? I love the person. I love the people. I love the power. <laughs> they say the church ain't nothing anymore. Church is the greatest entity that's ever been formed outside of the family. I love the family. I love the church. And I believe Jesus does too. He loved the church so much he was willing to lay down his life in an old place called Calvary so that we could be saved. There's a lot of things going on in, in life. A lot of things that get us carried away in our minds and our spirits. Shoot that picture up there for me. I've, I've shot, I've shown this once before. I thought I'd just shoot it again just as a closing reminder. I complain a lot. I talk, I talk about people a lot. I talk about my troubles a lot. When I sit next to him, ain't really nothing for me to talk about. He went through it all so that we could be the church. Jesus Christ, as we stand. If you need to come to these altars, church, church, let's find us a place across these altars and pray. Whatever God's dealt with your heart about, a man can get up and preach and have 20 people there and 20 different things are said to those 20 different people. It's an amazing thing about preaching. If you're here this morning, never been saved, today would be a good day for you to bow your knees to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, save me.